Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. I said we start the six with some sizzle. You might say this is A1 in our show rundown. Jamel, go ahead and handle the meat and potatoes of this story. My God, you're corny. Uh, last night, as part of tradition, the Bucks' offensive line went out for dinner at Roots. Chris, first uh, tradition, the rookie lineman was supposed to put the bill. Now, it's just two rookies, so you can imagine their surprise when they saw this, a $26,000 bill. Lucky for them, their fellow linemen, it was just a prank. The bill was really only three grand, and the veteran linemen, they covered it. By the way, it goes Capitol Grill. Morton's, and then Ruth's Chris. From New Orleans, I'm partial to Ruth's Chris. Why no sweet potato casserole on that bill? <laughs> For another day. More on that game later on tonight. Uh, what's good? Welcome to the best 60 minutes of your day. Coming up later, good news and bad news out of L.A. Rams camp. Great news if you're lucky enough to have the first overall pick in your fantasy draft and you're thinking of taking David Johnson. But right there, those are the news stories that we are covering in our A Block, including NFL preseason action tonight. Pessimism about the league's future from the head of the NFLPA. One of the craziest games of the year, Reds-Cubs earlier this afternoon. And the NBA Finals MVP weighing in on these dark days that we're living in from Kevin Durant Day and PG County. All right, but we'll start with the biggest preseason game of the night. Uh, Hint, a little sarcasm there. There's Jay Cutler arriving for Ravens-Dolphins. He's a carry-on? Really? Uh, Anyway, Jay Cutler... Signed off the couch a week or so ago by the Dolphins after Ryan, T- uh, Ryan Tannehill went down. Make, he will make his preseason debut tonight. Uh, expected to play about a quarter. This will be the first game action Hitler has seen since last November. A retirement didn't quite work out the way everyone thought. Now, Jeff Darlington, he is there to witness the return of Jay Cutler, which does feel weird to say since he only stayed retired a few months. Uh, so, Jeff, um, we know a big reason why Jay Cutler is there is because of his relationship with Adam Gase. How is this bearing out in terms of his transition uh, into being the starting quarterback for the Dolphins? Jamel, so far so good. By the way, I have a Michigan State reference for you. Dean Pease, the Ravens defensive coordinator, on the other sideline. I was just talking to Adam Gase. I know Dean. He's going to go over to Pease. There you go. Used to work together at Michigan State, Gase and Pease, and they're going to try to Gase going to keep him from blitzing Jay Cutler so they don't have to have another injury at the quarterback position. But like you said, about a quarter of action for Jay Cutler tonight. Gase says that things are going very nicely so far with Cutler off the field. They want to work on the timing on the field with these receivers, but Cutler has really empowered himself and endeared himself to the locker room thanks to Gase's familiarity with him, his ability to go into that locker room and say, this is my guy and Jay Cutler. Everybody seems to be buying into that. In fact, Cutler... The day after he got here, took Kenny Stills out to dinner with uh, Devontae Parker, Jarvis Landry. All those guys hit the town for, uh, for a nice dinner started to get to know each other. So, so far, the feeling here is that Jay Cutler is doing all the right things so far, guys. All right, Jeff Darlington, we appreciate it, man. Enjoy the game. Cool, thank you. Meanwhile, Bucks at Jags coming up tonight at 8 on ESPN. Blake Bortles, 3 for 5, 16 yards in one series versus the Patriots in the Jags preseason opener last Thursday. So one might say Bortles is in regular season first quarter form. That's cold. You know what else is cold is Jalen Ramsey liking this particular IG post. 
not subtle. Six quarterback <laughs> options to replace Blake Bortles. Bruh, people watch the likes. <laughs> A lot right. of people do not like Blake Bortles. So let me ask you like this. Fourth year, I believe, uh, came into the league in 2014. Is he a penny with a hole in it? Is he hopeless? <laughs> Shout out to Deion Ferris. Right? Is he a bona fide bust at this point, or is there hope for him in Jacksonville? Uh, I think there is a little hope. We'll put it like this. Given how the Jags are set up with Leonard Fournette, um, they have some weapons. They certainly have a strong defense. You'll they can play around him. They can play around him, but you'll at least find out. I'll tell you this, it's not encouraging the fact that Doug Marone, when he was asked how much he wants Blake Bortles to throw, and he said, not at all. Right. I'm just like, yeah, you can't really win a game with your quarterback throwing Typically zero not. passes. Well, that's got to be your game plan. But I understand that they want to build the kind of support network for him so that everything isn't on him. Right. And you, we 37 pass attempts a game, I that, believe. That's, that's a way lot. too many. That's way too much. So I think right now, I know what it looks like, and I know that a lot of people have tagged him, especially in fantasy, like the best garbage time quarterback out there. He carried me to the title game two years ago. <laughs> Those meaningless stats. Exactly. I know people have kind of had, he had, they have him in that box, but I think this is the year we get a true evaluation of who he is. Alright, so look, he's not the guy they thought he was uh, when they took him third overall, but too, far too often, uh, NFL evaluators, coaches, fans are obsessed with what a guy cannot do versus what he can do. So we know he cannot take care of the football. So we know he doesn't make good decisions. So you know what you do? Don't ask him to make decisions. There's not much deciding. When, okay, do I hand off to Leonard Fournette? Do I hand off to – who else do I hand off to? Like, he's going to run the ball and rely on a defense. My man Mike Clay had a great article on ESPN.com about why the Jags could be a sneaky playoff contender with an upgraded defense that was already very good, really good. just didn't generate enough turnovers and was a victim of poor field position. So if you can cut down the turnovers from Bortles, increase the turnovers and the productivity from an already good defense, the Jalen Ramses of the world just, you know what, you might be stuck with him for now, but maybe that was a subtle hint to where, hey, if we're going to contend for something bigger, this can't be our long-term guy. Like, what would you say if you noticed that your, your teammate Like a post about replacement. But here's the thing. What's your comeback? Because it's not like you have a whole lot of receipts, right, (laughs) on your end. All right, I got some bad news for NFL fans. You might have some free time on your hands in 2021 on NFL Sundays. NFL Players Association Executive Director Demora Smith told MMQB's Albert Breer that a work stoppage is on the way, most definitely. I think that the likelihood of either a strike or a lockout in 21 is almost a virtual certainty. Virtual certainty. Missed games? Well, I don't know now, but I mean, look, let's look at our history. So is this a threat or a promise, Mike? (sighs) From a player's perspective, I got to say it's a threat because we've heard tough talk from them before. We're even hearing players talk now about the need to to put together, pardon a politically incorrect phrase, but the war chest and, and, and save your money now to be able to miss games because we know there's no competition when it comes to who can afford to miss game action. So unless and until I actually see the players united and all willing to miss games because there's the, there's the haves and the have-nots in terms of National Football League players, I'm going to say it's more of a threat that's easy, with all due respect, to say now several years out. But in terms of the climate, it really speaks to the climate. Yesterday we talked about the back and forth in terms of PR statements between the league and the PA as it relates to Ezekiel Elliott. They not only it's, it's one thing for a union and a league to be adversarial because they both obviously want different things. They not 
they're not even reading out of the same book, let alone on the same page mm-hmm. when it comes to anything. So whether it's guaranteed contracts, player safety, schedule, what else am I missing? Commissioner power. Right. You know, guaranteed there's so many money, deal breakers this, right now. Yeah. Stuff. No, I'm with you. I, I almost in many ways, I consider it almost less than a threat. Um, and I'm not sure. So what basically empty. Pretty much. And, and, and it's not because I don't believe that their intentions aren't in the right place. I believe Richard Sherman, when he says, like, hey, we got to stick together. We have to be prepared to miss games in order to have some real change in our league. I believe what D. Smith said, he means it right now, to mm-hmm. your point, and especially because it's a very hostile relationship with him in the league. The problem is, and, and we pointed this out when there was that conversation a few weeks ago about the difference between NBA players and NFL players, and you had people uh, like Odell Beckham Jr. saying how they deserve to make uh, you know, that same kind of guaranteed money and this and that. The, the problem is that there's always going to be in the NFL with only so many slots and such a short career span. Yeah. They feel a sense of urgency about their careers that's a lot different. And certain things are never going to change when it comes to ownership, which is commissioner, mm-hmm. power, often unchallenged power, and uh, guaranteed contracts, which you're talking about. I was outside the NFL PA offices the last time when, when Jeff Saturday and Bob Kraft were crying in each other's arms because they avoided a lockout and came to that deal. This is not just I don't think this is the chance. But we talk about strike from right. a lockout standpoint. It's going to be a long one. Right. It's, this actually might cost them time, but not enough time. And, and, and the players, I don't think, are going to be dug in enough to actually get the changes that they want. So I'm pessimistic from their perspective. Yeah. And not only that, they don't also have a LeBron James type of figure leading them. There you go. I mentioned that crazy Reds-Cubs game at Wrigley earlier. So John Lester, he left the game with lat tightness after allowing nine runs and seven of them earned in the second inning. Cubs, though, rallied on the strength of six home runs, four in the fourth, tied the game at nine in the fifth on Alex Avila's RBI double. But... Phil Irvin, playing in just his fifth career game, launched his second homer in as many days to give the Reds an 11-9 lead. They will go on to win 13-10. So some exciting baseball we got to watch around here on the ESPN screening room. All right. uh, KD returned to his Maryland hometown today for Kevin Durant Day, but despite the festive occasion, Durant got serious when asked if he planned to visit the White House. I don't agree with what he agrees with, so my voice is going to be heard by not doing that, Durant said of the president. Asked if it was an organizational decision, Durant said, that's just me personally, but if I know my guys well enough, they'll all agree with me. Now, those were his edited thoughts on the president's, on the president. Now, here are his unedited thoughts. A lot of players have been vocal about Trump lately, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. We're supposed to be. Well, what So, at what point, and I don't say this facetiously, and I don't say it trying to make light of the climate in our country, at what point is this no longer a story? And the reason that somebody's dissatisfied. Exactly. The reason I say that, especially in the NBA, we have Greg Popovich, who basically holds weekly. Let me go off on the president Mm -hmm. type press conferences. We certainly heard what LeBron James had to say. There have been a number of players, Steph Curry, KD, all of them. uh, And I don't want to make it seem like the entire league feels that way, because I'm sure maybe some people that feel the opposite way. But if there was one league that we knew is in strong opposition to the White House, it's this one. So is this. It is talking about what Kevin Durant said about the president. Is that essentially saying, hey, guess what? Water's wet. The sky is blue today. I understand where you're coming from. But I think when you listen to what's being said and how direct and uh, how forthcoming players are about like him or not, the president of the United States. I call him president business. I, I can't bring myself to say his name. I call him president business. If you've seen a Lego movie, you know the comparison. Um 
but he is the president. And oftentimes, especially politically and socially, we've talked about this and we got a lot more to say about it in the show because a lot of people are talking about it. There's a reluctance to disrespect not only the individual, but the office. Okay. You don't want to, you don't want to, guys have been reluctant to put themselves out there like LeBron calling him so-called president or Kevin Durant saying we don't fool with him, which newsflash, he doesn't fool with you either. Or people who look like you, right. <laughs> he doesn't fool with you. Right. And it's the idea of you going to the White House or not is a moot point because you won't be invited. Because mm-hmm. one thing this guy does not like is to be embarrassed. He's only going to invite his friends. If, if you, and they, they're all going to go together. He's, KD says it's not an organizational decision. But it kind of is. It is because they're not going to leave anybody behind the Warriors. So they won't be invited. But if they were and they didn't go, they're all not going to go. But I say that it's still noteworthy to your point, Jamel, because when you have guys so willing to be frank about the president and talk publicly the way they might in a barbershop or the way they might in private, given everything that's on the line traditionally for high-profile people and players, all it speaks to is the fact that the guy that works for us, the elected official, the guy that reports to us in theory that is not our ruler, so many people recognize how little he respects the position, how little he respects the office, how little he appreciates his obligations. So really, to me, it's a story because it's reflective of the times and the frustration and where we are as a country. When guys are saying stuff like that, knowing that the backlash that they may take from some circles, it just speaks to how bad things are in the highest office. And, in and the I don't want to, I don't want to be guilty of what can happen when we're inundated with uh, not just with how people are speaking about the president. And, and I, I'm not taking issue with what he said. Oh, I understand where you're coming but from. But we're living in such strange times, and there's just so much of it mm-hmm. uh, to the point. Like I don't want to make it seem like it's normal, but at some point, it's it, like people who accuse us. Um, us as a network, us as a sports media entity in general of not wanting to stick to sports and we just want to hear about the games. As I point out many times, the athletes aren't letting us. So even if I wanted to... But I don't mind that, though. I, I, <laughs> and honestly, not, not, sorry, I'm tired of justifying it. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of justifying it for the crowd that says, stick to sports, I want an escape. That's your reality. There's a lot of people's reality for whom that is not an escape. I'm sick and tired of us and everybody else having to apologize implicitly or explicitly for discussing something that is the most important thing going on in our country right Right now. And if you want us to stop talking about politics and social issues, pay our taxes. Because let me tell you something, we pay a lot of them. <laughs> if you missed it, do yourself a favor and check out the interview yesterday with Michael Bennett explaining why he's taking up the national anthem protest this season. His former Seahawks teammate, Marshawn Lynch, also sat for the anthem prior to the Raiders preseason opener. Asked about the quote-unquote elephant in the room of sitting for the Star Spangled Banner today during a five-minute media session following Oakland's final practice of training camp, Lynch answered about how you'd expect. Left the room because of the mouse ran in here. <laughs> so other people are scared of mouse inside. <laughs> that was Marshawn. <laughs> in a and when, I was a. I was shocked to see him at the podium. Like who convinced him to talk? Uh, in five minutes? That's about five minutes longer than I would have expected. I would have thought he would have right. given us a good thirty seconds, and then that's the end of it. Right. But he did not take it head on. But he's never been somebody that explains himself. I no. mean, he probably looks at it like you know what. This is what it is. Y'all know what time it is. Hey, much more on the anthem later in the show. You had Hugh Jackson clarifying comments. You had a couple of Titans players basically echoing what Des Bryant has said, keeping it real. But real doesn't always equal right. All right, we're still trying to figure this whole six thing out. So let's dive into some more NFL news with a segment we like to call a segment to be named later. We haven't figured out the name yet. See, we always we're do that because we're on E2. But no, anyway, <laughs> the Bills, though, they do play the Eagles tonight. Former Eagle Jordan Matthews in travel. With the team to Philly, Mike, what are you most interested about in this game? Besides finding some fantasy sleepers so I can get back to the playoffs myself? Well, look, nothing really because it's the second game, not the third game. The third game is a real dress rehearsal. But in general, 
I, I'm, I'm with the Bills when they reject the idea that they're rebuilding. Why can't you do both at the same time? Mm. I think they are trying to contend as best they can to finally break, break that 17-year playoff drought while building for the future as well. So I like what they're doing. I think they're a sneaky 9-7-ish team. I know okay. that's not saying much, but I mean, it's part baby stuff. <laughs> okay, all right. You're on the Eagles? What are you looking at? No, I am looking at the Eagles. I mean, obviously, I, I'm not sure Carson Wentz will play a lot, but I think I'm really curious as to how he adjusts without having Jordan Matthews there because it was right. a big component right. in terms of what they wanted to do. Didn't sound happy about him leaving. He all right. did not. Jared Goff has got Sean McVay. He and Sean McVay, excuse me, very impressed with Sammy Watkins. It'd be news that they were unimpressed. Here's the interesting thing, though. They're working with Nike and the medical staff to develop a shoe that provides the best support possible for his surgically repaired left foot. Great way to make the most of this asset, even if you only got it for one year. I like how they're doing everything they can. We talked about Bortles earlier to find out what they got in Jared Goff. First and foremost, make him throw longer than 15 yards down the field. Well, 86.3% of his passes. Exactly. Now that he has this guy. And you're right, and that's one of the the mysteries they needed to know. Is is it just because he can't or just because he doesn't have the weapons to do so? Sammy Watkins, I just feel like he's due. It's, it's time for him to be the Sammy Watkins. Hashtag analysis. Right, no, no. It's time for him to be that Sammy Watkins everybody expected. All right, according to Adam Schefter, Aaron Donald's holdout could stretch into the regular season, and one source speculated that he could see Donald sitting out all of 2017. Do you believe that? Well, I believe that he believes that because if you got to hold out, you better be dug in, knowing that they could forgive the fines if and when they give you the money you deserve. My man deserves sue money, okay? Think about this. Last year, let the NFL and quarterback hits tie for the league lead in tackles for loss. Pro Football Focus has him as the game's best player, regardless of position. And might I add, he's the most handsome player in the NFL. <laughs> that just so happens to all Pay that man. Oh, I guess that you would, he would look like you, right? Yeah. Since you're the elder. That's my son. That's my adopted son. Right <laughs> no, no, but, no, but seriously, I mean, of course he's willing to, I can see it being a Sean Gilbert type situation. <laughs> they have to pay him because he's one of the biggest defensive threats in the league. I no. just always think that players, you know, that when it comes down to it, they might He wouldn't it. get a year of credit toward finishing his contract, though. Meanwhile, new contract for Seahawks center Justin Britt. Three years, 27 million dollars started 47 games over the last three seasons russell wilson is happy <laughs> nobody more deserving than you jb meanwhile Pete carroll said today that he is comfortable with the process the seahawks went through to investigate cornerback tremaine brock former san francisco 49 and his alleged domestic violence incident in april after the team signed him to a one-year deal yesterday um Niners cut him immediately. Yep. Should the Seahawks be so comfortable given the climate that we're in when it comes to domestic violence? Uh, well, the Seahawks, obviously, they took another risk uh, with Frank Clark, um, the kid that they got out of, out of Michigan. So they've already done it. Look, I'm just more curious as how the league will deal with this situation because, as they have said before and seem to have made this example here with Ezekiel Elliott, they don't need uh, charges that are prosecuted or a conviction in order to do something to someone. Yeah, exactly. And so he's still not quite in the clear. It's just interesting what the agent was saying, that the Niners actually wanted him back. Like, the Seahawks may have picked up a counter to Richard Sherman for the Legion of Boom because of just the uncomfortability with this hot-button issue right now in the NFL. So, speaking of hot, down in New Orleans, my hometown, Adrian Peterson may not play at all this preseason, has not played in the preseason since 2013, hasn't touched the ball since 2011. Mm. What do you think he has left to give the Saints? I I look at him as like the Mike Bell. Look, Sean Payton loves to rotate backs. Like, Adrian Peterson doesn't have to be the workhorse there, but like 150 carries of Adrian Peterson... Keeping him fresh all year, I think he can be a really, really big factor even as advanced. Yeah, and I know a lot of people are looking at his age, but if there's anybody who's defied all the typical things you say about running backs, it's Adrian Peterson. I'm wondering if he's about, like, from a fantasy perspective, is he about to is he about to be the goal line hawk? You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Every time like, they're inside the five or even close, 
that's the news. But Mark Ingram's really evolving into a three-down back, more of a three-down back. Speaking of which, David Johnson is that. Maybe the best back in the league. Apologies to Le'Veon Bell. He adopted, talking about David Johnson, a plant-based diet roughly a month ago after watching two food docs on Netflix. Wow. Yeah. Have you checked them out? Um, no, but my favorite documentary on Netflix is 13th. the 13th by far. If you Watch so, 13th if you haven't already. Especially now. Yes. Very relevant. Um, you're looking forward to Defenders, speaking of Netflix. Yes. I'm to keep that football. My bad. No, you I got distracted. Uh, Janoris Jenkins shrugged defenders off. Defenders is tomorrow, right? <laughs> yeah. um, speaking Odell of Defenders, hey. that's how you bring it all. Odell Beckham's latest amazing catch saying it was a fantastic catch by Odell. He made the impossible possible. He noted what great coverage he had. And, right. You know, just he said if he, said, no, he said if you know football, you then you know I had great coverage. coverage. Yeah. Like, I didn't just get Sometimes you tip your hat, though, man. I mean, yeah. Beckham is an alien. Like, he is not from his world. Like, sometimes every now and then you'll make a good point. I just got to tip my hat to you. You know what I mean? Same thing. <laughs> and every day you cease to not be courting. Anyway. <laughs> you know what they can never take away from Blake Bortles? He was a pro bowler in 2015. Wow. But pardon me for piling on here. Since he entered the league as a third overall pick in 2014, 29 different quarterbacks have started at least 25 games. None. And I hate one loss stats for a quarterback because it's a team stat, but still none has a worse win percentage than Bortles at 244. Number 11 is the number you need to know on this throwback okay. Thursday. That's how many wins he has in his career in 45 starts. He's thrown 11 pick sixes in his career. Matt More Dahl than any other proud. player in the league since 2014. He's got 63 turnovers total. Throwing just 11 touchdown passes when the Jaguars are thrown, excuse me, a total of 11 touchdown passes when the Jaguars are down by at least 20 points. Also most in the league since 2014. That's why 538 calls him the Tom Brady of garbage time. All that, Jamel, I need you to let that sink in. I, no comment. All right. For sure, Jameis Winston is no Blake Bortles. A lot of people high on this guy, high on the Bucks overall. Uh, real curious as to how much he might play tonight. You know who's really good at giving NFL insight? Why, it's our very own Lisa Salters, who joins us for the very first time yes. on the Six there for the Bucks-Jags game. So, I'll start with that. Lisa, how long will we see Jameis Winston tonight? And what exactly are the coaches looking to see? Yeah, hey Jamel, hey Mike. I feel like I'm one of the cool kids now I'm on the six. This is a this is a big come up for me. So thank you. Oh, wow. yeah. um, but uh, no, Dirk, head coach Dirk Cutter told us that he expects to play his healthy starters for the first half of this game. He said, give or take, barring anything unforeseen happening. So that means. We should see a lot of Jameis Winston uh, hooking up with Deshaun Jackson, his new deep threat weapon. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were the only team in the league last season that did not complete a pass of 50 or more yards. And Deshaun Jackson, he had four catches of 50 or more yards last year with Washington. As a matter of fact, since Deshaun got into the league in 2008, he leads the league in catches of of uh, 50 or more yards with 37. So the Bucks are expecting Deshaun to do what he does, and that's go deep, take the top off, and of course they hope that opens things up uh, for their other really good receiver, Mike Evans. Mm, good to know. All right, Lisa, we'll enjoy the game. Stay cool down there. <laughs> All right, no, I'll human. try. All right, thank you. Right. You know what? So Lisa just broke down uh, Deshaun Jackson, and we know what he brings to the table. The guy I'm looking for, and, and, and one of the many reasons why I and many others are so high on Jameis Winston, is that you got Mike Evans, you got Deshaun Jackson, big play guys. O.J. Howard has so much untapped potential. Oh, man. Might be the steal of the first round at 19, tight end out of Alabama. Um, certainly a target for a lot of fantasy players like me. But the thing I'm so excited about with Jameis Winston, do you remember it wasn't that long ago we were concerned about him mm. and his maturity? Hard Knocks is on right now. We're getting a glimpse into it. He has evolved into the student and the leader and the galvanizing force 
that we saw at Florida State, controversies aside or off the field issues aside, and that we knew he could be in the NFL. But That's the exciting part to me about it. I him. think the one thing that was really apparent, even as he struggled through some maturity issues and, and those other issues that, that you just I was mentioned. about to say, just, sorry. I hate, I, know, to, I, hate I hate to talk to it up that. to maturity I know. issues. Uh, well, but there were some separate have, incidents. Yeah, the cafeteria situation. Could, the cafeteria things. Crab leg the, stuff. Yeah, yeah whatever. Exactly. But, but, but I put that in that Right, box. but the big thing, you don't right. dismiss that, trivialize that as maturity. Glad no, we're the, on the same the page The sexual there. assault charge. Exactly. So that people yep. are not charged, but accusations. Accusations, yeah, cool. Um, but no, I, I think it was always apparent that Jameis Winston wanted to be great. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned him being a student at the game. It, it was an interesting story. Uh, that I heard about him. I think it was on our network. I don't remember who said it, and I apologize, so I'm not giving this person their, their just and due credit, is that the reason why the Bucks, among the many reasons that they knew this was their guy, is that when they brought him down, did a 90-minute session with him, and then asked him after lunch to recount everything, all the, the plays and everything, all the information they gave him, and he did it just like that. He's recall. a savant. He is. I mean, he has recall that has been compared to, again, not saying he's this person mm-hmm. or will be this person, Peyton Manning. Yeah. Like, just that kind of a level and knowledge uh, of the game and intelligence, intelligence that he brings to that position. And something that often said about black quarterbacks, sneaky athletic. <laughs> <laughs> Deceptive speed? Right. <laughs> Is that what we're talking about? With no, he'll Davis? get a first down if he has to. No, but he has all the tools, and now he's got the weapons. And the command and the oh, respect. Man. Gerald McCoy, guys like that. I remember those him. first four, uh, first couple weeks last season, we were talking about him being MVP. Yeah. Borderline playoff team last year, so they should take the next step. So coming up, of course, we see that man, Jay Cutler, make his debut to Dolphins. <laughs> he came out of retirement to join the Dolphins after Ryan Tannehill was lost for the season due to a torn ACL. The hope for Dolphins fans is that Cutler and head coach Adam Gase can recreate the connection they had when Gase was the Bears' offensive coordinator two years ago. We one of the been, most insulting things you've—I'm sorry—one of the what? most insulting things you've ever said. And you since kissed and made up with him. For those that don't know, Jamel no, is from I mean, Detroit. I did, but you wouldn't let me tell him what I said. You, you never like, said it. No, can I, I say it right now. You can well, say people it right have now. Seen it on TV. Right, so okay. for those that don't know, you should by now. Jamel is from the D. She's from Detroit, but not a Lions fan. Right. Her mother. Uh, went to college in San Francisco, so therefore you are a 49ers fan. So no shame in shading the Detroit Lions. (laughs) You used to call Matt Stafford a broke Jay Cutler. And I I just thought that was just the most ridiculously disrespectful thing I've ever heard you say. Disrespectful of Matt Stafford and frankly to Jay Cutler. I still maintain he's better than y'all give him credit for. I'm not saying, look, Jay Cutler is the perfect, you know what he is? This whole situation is the perfect microcosm of who Jay Cutler is. Mm. As in, he is a rebound dude. He is, from a quarterback standpoint. He the dudes you want to marry. Is that a compliment? The problem was the Broncos and the Bears were committed to Jay Cutler. I got a better analogy. He is you. the, in case of emergency, Blake break glass. <laughs> they needed a quarterback that has some familiarity, somebody that they knew, somebody Adam Gates knew, called him up like, hey, Jay, come hold it down this season. Perfect situation. Okay, that's what he Low is. expectations. That's what he is right now. Yeah. But you know who he has been throughout his whole career? Huh. He's Lawrence. He's oh, Lawrence from Insecure. You went insecure. Uh-huh. Don't, don't insult no, Lawrence. You, I will you, get you, Lawrence Hive on you. He is what, ta- what what your girl, the bank teller, called him, right? He Stop is. Stop calling the bank teller. Her name is Tasha. <laughs> See, he is the dude masquerading as a good guy, but deep down, he's really. I can't even say it on TV. You about <laughs> to derail really the whole show? Bring it up, Lawrence. I'm just saying. Who became even more legendary in the last episode? No spoiler. No, he took L's because he's the Falcons. He always up 28 to three, and he blows it. All right. Switch, getting character, got to get serious for a second. Hugh Jackson, he has taken heat for seemingly publicly discouraging his players from participating in national anthem protests, including for me yesterday, quite honestly. And it was tough because Hugh Jackson, somebody I'm very friendly with, gotten to know very well over the years, think so highly of him. But I and many others have been critical of what he had to say the other day about hoping his players didn't partake. What he clarified today. 
I'd like to share a couple of thoughts on my recent post-practice comments when I was asked about how I feel about the Browns players protesting during the national anthem. First off, our players know that I have great appreciation for every single one of them. Uh, I respect and support their right for peaceful protests, a right afforded to every American. We've always made it clear to our players that they should embrace the platform they have as an NFL player to improve our community and use their platform in a positive, thoughtful, respectful manner. There are issues in our country right now that are far bigger than football, and I understand that and respect that as well. The issues do impact our players and will compel them to react in many different ways. My personal feelings is that over the last season, we've seen players come under unfair scrutiny for protesting during the anthem, mainly because the focus has become on whether or not a player is being disrespectful to the flag or military, and not on the issue and cause attempting to be addressed by the protests. The intent of my comments was not to discourage individual expression from our players in light of a cause that moves them to personal expression. I'm disheartened that I gave anyone that impression because I did not speak with enough clarity. However, my words did reflect my concern that I would express to any player about protesting during the anthem. There are many effective ways athletes can utilize their platform if they so desire. But I would respect any individual decision as ultimately it would be the player's choice after much thoughtful dialogue. All right, so last season, Tennessee Titans, Daquan Jones, Jarrell Casey, and Wesley Woodyard all raised their fists after the national anthem ended. All three, the quote-unquote woke players, as Casey calls them, are leaning against protesting the same way this season. Starting a foundation or a group movement and getting on the front line to create change in their own communities are a few alternate options discussed by the trio. Well, here's what uh, Jones had to say. It's going to affect your job your endorsements, and your money. Someone like me going into my fourth year, I'm trying to get paid too. A lot of teams will look down at that and say, he's a Colin Kaepernick. It's not a secret that guys who protest on teams might be gone. Sounds a lot like what we discussed yesterday with uh, Des Bryant's tweets. Your reaction, Jamel? Uh, my reaction is that it sounds like uh, the Titans players in particular were doing this because they thought in their mind it was some kind of fad. And them coming back with these comments and saying that, yes, he has every right to feel that way, but you're undermining real people who are trying to be serious about this issue, okay, and that being Colin Kaepernick. But here's, here's where I'm glad. This is, my, this is my optimism with both Hugh Jackson, who frankly just said a dressed-up, nicer version of what he said uh, the other day. I'm glad that we see who's about it and who's not, and that's okay because guess what? In history, it was only one Martin Luther King Jr., it was only one Malcolm X. There weren't 12 of them, all right? It was one Gandhi, all right? It's a reason why those types of historical figures come along only every so often because everybody's not built for it. Mm-hmm. Colin Kaepernick is built for it. Mm-hmm. And Michael Bennett. And, and Michael Bennett is built for it. Yep. Malcolm Jenkins is built for it. Yep. All the players that went to the White House uh, to and talk Quan about... Bolden. And Quan Bolden. to talk about... Policy. Policy and reform mm-hmm. and social justice, they are built for it. Frankly, if you are not, please stay out the conversation, but more importantly, stay out the way. And so for me, um, while I am disheartened uh, that they took this issue um, as frivolously as they did, I'm happy to know where you stand. Yeah. So I said this yesterday. I'll keep saying it. Patriotism and posture are mutually exclusive. Also. um, And by the way, real quick, I'm glad you said that because I don't I, I hope people under 
I hope people notice this yeah. in Charlottesville. There are a lot of people with Confederate flags and American flags right next to them. Correct. And that's way more disrespectful than anything Colin Kaepernick in your mind or in some people's minds right. has ever done to the flag. And, but my point in saying that is there are lots of ways to take up the fight and be a part of the fight without sitting or kneeling for the national anthem. There are a lot of people doing amazing work mm-hmm. that aren't, as you said, taking part of, in this trend. Let's talk about the why for a second, because I said, well, what if that were me? What if that were in that situation? To your point about was it the popular thing or the cool thing to do or were they following the crowd? For me, I would, I would think like Jackie Robinson. And if I decided I was not going to stand or kneel or, or I was going to kneel or sit for the national anthem, it would be because I was uncomfortable with either the conditions of the country and what that flag does not represent for me and people who look like me and or the omitted verses from Francis Scott Key. I would say, you know what? That national anthem, I have a problem with it. So from a personal perspective, from a peace of mind perspective, I'm sitting, not just to spark conversation or not even so much to make a statement, but I'm not comfortable doing it. Because again, there are people who are uncomfortable with the conditions of this country who continue to stand. Right. So it doesn't mean that if you are, when you stand does not mean that you are not uh, down for the cause. So I want to make that clear, okay? So you don't have to protest to be about that life, as you said. Um, another thought came to me. They should play Lift Every Voice and Sing after the Star Spangled Banner. They should start doing that. But beyond that, though, here's where I'm pessimistic. You said your optimism. Here's where I'm pessimistic, because Michael Bennett was on our show yesterday, and he, of course, said that it would take a white player joining in to really drive the conversation forward. And I said to myself, are we sure about that? Because I, I guess the, the, the pessimist in me wonders if they would be dismissed just as quickly. Like the, the conversation and the, the right side of this conversation, because there's right and wrong here. There's a right side of this conversation, and that, com- that side of the conversation does not require the credibility of somebody with less melanin in their skin. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, same with gender conversations, men have to be on the front lines alongside women. White people will have to be on, a, on the front lines alongside people of color. So yes, that's a sad reality. But I don't know that those people wouldn't be ostracized or shot down in the same way that black players are often done by the people who are already dug in in their position. Every now and then you and I get tweets and messages saying, you know what, what you said changed my mind about it. I hadn't thought about it that way. That seems so rare Mm. until I wonder if maybe their point actually talking about the Titans and Des Bryant for that matter, if there's some merit to it. And this is what Hugh Jackson was saying. Are you actually making progress? Because we've gotten worse lately. So, yes, it's a conversation, but is the conversation simply going in circles? But here's the the reality of the situation. And I'll close it with this. Protests are not meant to be polite. Change does not come comfortably or conveniently. So for those that say, is it worth it? I'm glad, like you said, to echo what you said, that there are people that say yes, because even if I'm not changing minds, I'm speaking for the voiceless. Right. So I'm here for that. Yeah, me too. And you're so right. No comfortable protest. There's this game. I don't know if you ever heard of it called One Gotta Go. Raging Bull, Taxi Driver, Goodfellas, Godfather 2. One Gotta Go. But then what do you get for doing that? <laughs> you get this entertaining exchange right here. <laughs> Happy birthday, Bobby D. 74, Bobby D. He's right. Why does one have to go? Hard choice right there. Oh, man. Um, so according to a fanatic survey of roughly 3,000 fans, uh, 3,000 rating fans, uh, they're more likely, or least, least likely, likely, sorry, today fans of their rival in this case, the Steelers, and they are most likely to choose celibacy for a year over dating a fan of their rival. I'm but, surprised it's the Ravens. I know they have rabid fans, but there are other fans that are more hard-courted. I could see the, not, you know, cross Certain sacrifices you make for your team. I that agree. You would never date a Wolverine, ever. 
If no, his elbow was a Anyway. Oh. <laughs> uh, the latest Nick Saban rant came after a completely innocuous question regarding redshirt sophomore linebacker Christian Miller. I don't know. You know, you guys make all these predictions about everything, about guys that are going to be great players that have been here for two years and who's going to win all the games. And I don't even know why we play. Why, why do we even play? Why do we even have practice? Why, why do we compete? Why do we coach guys? Why, how do they need to improve? I mean, you guys got all the answers to... I mean, I read stuff all the time like, oh, that's, that's nice to know. I mean, where'd that come from? And then you ask me? But Christian Miller has done a nice job. He's had a really good camp. And, you know, thanks for asking. i love to know what Nick doesn't say. What doesn't he say? See, it wasn't on rhythm like this. That's how he's supposed to use his hands. That's, that's when you know Nick's statement is angry. And he goes, I, that's how you know. So this is, you weren't impressed here? We've seen better? <laughs> I've seen better. He wasn't legitimately upset. Exactly. Yeah. And, and he was a little frustrated, but then he kind of turned the corner. Maybe because he knew that we'd probably talk about it and call him around. Not we, but everyone else. Can I take this one? Sure. This is why people can't stand the media. So ESPN <laughs> 850 in Cleveland reported that Kyrie and LeBron were in the same room in Miami last weekend. Mm. Meanwhile... Stephen A. and Brian Winhouse were like, nah, didn't happen. They were in Miami, but never together. There's no gray area to this. You can't get this wrong. You're either together or you're not. So the idea that somebody's sources could be so, and I'm going to start with our people, obviously. Somebody's sources could be so off. This was a Stan remake, by the way. I love this story keeps on giving. This is the gift that keeps on giving. It did Eminem Stan animated with this drama. All right. Come on, man. Like, so they were in Miami together. Not together. Not together. Just they the were same both city. in Miami. Right. And that was it. And there was a report that they were in the same room. So we got to that There's point. There's no gray area whether you were together or not. <laughs> so we got to that point where them being in the same city. I told you. Gotta believe they might come back. So Casey Affleck says that his brother Ben will not return to play Batman after Justice League. I'm so disappointed. I know you were anti-Ben Affleck as Batman. It I'm always bad. an Affleck it guy. Bad. It wasn't his fault that he's that been great. Was in Batman vs. Superman, he was great, and I expect the same from Justice League. All right, so top three Batmans, go. Uh, Adam West, uh, Christian Bale, Michael Keaton. Uh, wrong, as usual. It goes Christian Bale, thanks to Christopher Nolan. His universe was awesome. Michael Keaton, uh, who crushed it. Shout out to Jack Nicholson for an amazing Joker, with all respect to Heath Ledger. And Ben Affleck is third. See the I respect Adam West. Why do you play that music? Is that the Batman music? That's pretty good. It's a good knockout. Ben Affleck is an amazing Batman. You really put him in a If you got a problem, if you got a problem. How are you going to put him over Because he makes a good old Batman. If you got a problem with it, I live at 555 Bunker Hill Street. (laughs) Stop by anytime. Former Dana Farber (laughs) Cancer Institute patient, Jordan Leandre, he threw out the first pitch. And boy, did he throw it at Fenway Mm. last night. Mm. Cameraman, he took one for the team. My man got up there with the hat down, looking like he was about to... Fire a fastball high and tight, and you got the high part right. <laughs> Hit him in the tight part. And you did you hear the crowd's reaction? They were all like, hey, ooh, wow. On the bright side, another walk-off win for the Sox, thanks to Mookie Betts. Got a four-and-a-half game lead on the Yankees. Before we call it a day, Jamel, tell the people we had a good day. Good day, no great day for the Pac-12 Network and women who are and want to be play-by-play announcers. Kay Scott will become the first woman to do play-by-play for a football game on the Pac-12 Network's when Arizona faces Northern Arizona on September Bravo. 2nd. On the heels of Beth Mowens, of course, becoming the first woman to call a Monday night football game. And she'll also be the first woman to call a game for the C- for CBS mm-hmm. when she does Browns Colts September 24th. Shout out to my girl, Tiffany Green. She does play-by-play for us. Wow. Yeah. Way to break that glass ceiling. 
Thank Absolutely. You. Glad to see more women being rewarded with the opportunities they deserve. Meanwhile, down in Tampa, they're trying to remove a Confederate statue from a courthouse downtown. Tony Dungy issued a call for public funding, because that's what it would take, to the local teams. He said he and Lauren, his wife, put up 5000 The Bucks, the Rays, the Lightning all answered that call. And in 24 hours, enough money appears to have been raised to move the statue to a small cemetery in nearby Brandon. We're seeing Confederate wow. statues go down all over the place. Meanwhile, Red Sox owner John Henry, this is major, says that his team will lead efforts to rename Yawkey Way. The city of Boston named the public street, which runs next to Fenway Park, after Tom Yawkey, who owned the Sox from 1933 until his death in 1976. John Henry, uh, his, he said that he is haunted by Yawkey's racism, which of course had the Red Sox as the last team in Major League Baseball to integrate in 1959. Gee, that wasn't hard, was it? The times, they are changing. Mm -hmm. And history has its eyes on you, all of us. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for watching. Yeah, that's it for us here at The Six. Sports Center continues on ESPN News. Little League World Series coming right at you next. Right back here on The Deuce tomorrow. We'll see you.